0: And now, a message from the Governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo.
1: Hello. I am New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo, voted New York's second sexiest Cuomo at last year's San Janeiro Festival. Now, with the start of the educational year mere days away, we have to send our kids back to school. We desperately need their parents to care for something a little more important than their kids right now, the economy. That's why today... I am introducing legislation that mandates children return to school for the betterment of the economy, the functional undertaking to care for K through 12, colloquially known as the Fuck Your Kids for Cash Act, and it'll be the first step in a lengthy process that reassures parents that we value the economy a little more than your safety. Now, sure, we all knew this problem was coming for months, right? And yeah, we could have spent the summer troubleshooting solutions while the kids were off, but that's hard. We'd much rather fuck your kids for cash. Yeah. Now, I'm sure some of you are asking, how can we know if this is safe? Or um, uh, should we even be worrying about the economy at a time like this? Or, my personal favorite, why would you endanger public safety for financial gains that only impact a tiny sliver of the population? Now, the truth is, that with a police budget of nearly $10 billion, we have no choice, you know? Riot gear ain't cheap. And the protesters' wrongful arrest lawsuits are piling up. Now, sure, Wall Street is seeing record numbers despite record unemployment. And, you know, those profits, it's important to remember, are only being seen by corporations in the top 1%. I mean, how else are we supposed to fund essential state services, you know? It's not like we can make their taxes magically appear out of their coffees. <laughs> That's insane. No, we'd much rather fuck your kids and, by extension, your aging parents. Yeah. So, Instead of making this problem a reflection of my failed leadership or my unwillingness to take on the top 1% in New York, I'd much rather fuck your kids for cash. Remember, it's for the economy. I'm Andrew Cuomo, and I want you to eat shit and die.
0: Welcome back to Electoral Dysfunction, the show where comedians and experts debate the news of the week from the safety of their quarantine. I'm your host, Tom Brennan, and uh, hello from my vacation here in beautiful Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. It's worth the drive. Uh, This week is the Republican National Convention, and in honor of that, we're turning the show over to two of our favorite Republicans to talk about whatever they want to talk about. And this week, it's editorial columnist for the New York Daily News, Robert George, and our old friend who you've seen published in the New York Post, Washington Examiner, all kinds of great places, Carol Markowitz, and they are talking about the school's reopening in New York City and across the country. It's a really interesting conversation, and I have to say, as a Democrat, it does my heart good to know that they did all the work while I went on vacation. So enjoy it. Ned Thorne, star wipe us to the bonus episode.
2: Hey, electoral dysfunction fans. Uh, a very, very special uh, discussion today uh, with um, my friend, Carol Markowitz, uh, because uh, it, here we are, it's um, mid, to late, mid to late August. I, it's, the 20s are always a kind of a weird time to say, is it, is it mid August, is it late August? Um, but we do know one big thing. Uh, school is right around the corner. Or is it? Maybe, uh, maybe and, and it's this its a—it's obviously it's a big issue because it's the uh, there's a there's a pandemic uh, going on. You might have heard about it, maybe. and yeah, and and uh, the issues are. Uh, how do the schools reopen? It's the national issue. It's, a, it, it, it's an issue in particular here in New York, um, which for all of the troubles it's had in, in the context from the early days of the pandemic to, uh, to where we are right now, uh, in a health situation, New York State, New York City is in a, is, is in a pretty good shape. Um, maybe better than almost anywhere um, in the in the country, and unlike any of the other big cities, there is uh, energy to try and have some kind of in class learning but lots of issues anyway Carol is the, the perfect person to talk about these issues she ha- she ha- will have um, uh, three kids in the public school system um, come uh, comes uh, september and <laughs> Carol, uh, Carol, and by the way, I'm 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 remiss. Uh, Carol uh, is a uh, is an excellent columnist with my, with my alma mater, uh, the New York Post, uh, and uh, she is uh, probably the the smartest and most passionate person talking about the importance of uh, getting um, getting the schools open and getting it getting it right. So. Um, this, yeah. So this is no, this is, big. This, is, this is this is this is this is this is great. This is this is absolutely great. So um, so so Carol, let's 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 first talk let's first talk big picture. We'll 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 start start big and then start narrowing down. Um, what do you think the 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 general the general policy nationwide um, should be? Uh, the, it should be in terms of trying to uh, get the schools open.
3: So first of all, I don't think we should look at it nationwide because we are very specifically a republic and we do everything by states. So it makes no sense, especially in the time of pandemic, because look what happened. New York got hit with the virus and the rest of the country locked down. They locked down, they didn't have any cases um, and they stayed locked down until they were like, that's it, we don't have any cases, let's open back up. And then obviously they got hit with the virus. Um, So we can't have national policy over stuff like this. It just doesn't make sense in a country of our size. Um, Look, a lot of places are still experiencing high numbers. Um, In New York, we're under 1% um, in the state. Now, look, but that doesn't mean that the whole state is in great shape. There's some neighborhoods that are still like 7%. Um, So we really need to have a much more localized policy of... um, school openings. Like maybe some areas open and some areas don't. Instead, what we have is a blanket policy that covers all the schools, um, even, you know, in areas that are, are still affected and areas that are not. And it really just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think the more local we can get, the better. And I feel like that's something both the left and the right can agree on. Um, don't we all want local control over things? And, you know, I, I think it's a, real, it's a real point that we can come together on.
2: Uh, so uh, i, I- just generally speaking uh, I, I, are you kind of comfortable with uh, some of the decisions that uh, some of the big cities have had you know Chicago and l a have both uh, have both said they're not doing any uh, in person instruction they're holding they're holding off do you do you, i mean obviously you're not an expert on those cities, but do you think right,
3: right, right. I, I think it's an educational disaster all around um, I think the inequality is going to be increased so much this year uh, educational inequality, uh, I, I, it, I really think that we're not taking schooling seriously enough. Um, in New York, for example, the whole time Cuomo was dividing things into essential and non-essential. It wasn't safe or not safe, right? Because some things could have been safe, but no, no, we couldn't open them. So Cuomo was dividing it into essential, what, what we absolutely needed and what we didn't, and yet he stuck schools in phase four with concerts and Broadway shows, which I'm, admittedly are not opening, but schools should be opening. They should have been a priority. I don't understand a world where nail salons are open before schools are. Um, and it's, it, again, I don't, I don't think that this is like, it shouldn't be a right or left thing which it's turned into. Um, I think we all should say school, schools shouldn't open before nail salons. And I, I as I love to say, I love nail salons. <laughs> so, Um, yeah, I think we're a lot of the things that we're doing are super backward. If you look at uh, countries around the world, they started with schools, and they've had, you know, mixed results in some places, some places have seen cases go up. Now, those cases might have gone up anyway, as we open up. And, you know, there's a, the the line from uh, people who are kind of more into opening up things uh, is the virus is going to virus. As you open up, you will see an uptick of cases. I think it's like, just we're all blind to the fact that that's going to happen. We, write, we see stories like Australia, the model of how things should be, but then they started opening up and seeing new cases because that's what happens. Um, kids are in a unique position because they generally do not get it. Countries all over the world are reporting a 1% positive rate among kids. Uh, many countries don't even test kids because they, kids just generally do not get it. Um, so what we need to figure out is a way not to have parents versus teachers, which is what places like New York have set up, um, and need to have a way to keep the adults safe while having the kids have an education.
2: So obviously, there's also, you know, uh, study wars. Uh, you've got some, you got studies that say, oh, well, you know, the kids, the, the kids don't get it. You know, the, the president is saying the kids are immune, but theres there is- there's, I mean,
3: they're, I'm not saying. Well, that. I, I know, I know. I'm just yeah. saying
2: the, okay. the president is saying.
3: Just being clear, that, because I feel like everything's become like either you take COVID seriously or you don't take COVID seriously. Like I take it seriously, but I I want to follow the science. I it's it's not about. It shouldn't be that way to me.
2: Well, one of the well, well, one of the, the the conflicts that we have with science is that uh, how much. Uh, to what level uh, are kids carriers and that's a, that's a rather that's a rather big issue because if the, the if the kids you know if you may you may only have a 1% uh, positive rate with kids but if it turns out you're either not catching it um, if when i say catching it you're not identifying the, the virus with in, in the kids and then the kids you know are taking it home and and then and then it's the, it, so that so that i think is a, is a, is a fair is a fair concern right
3: it, it, I, from what I've seen, um, they have disproved that kids are these super carriers. Again, you're right. It's you know a study shows this, a study shows that. The headline says this, but the study shows that. Um, recently, there was a you know kids are super spreaders, and then you read the article and say like, no, they're not. Um, so it, it's a it's a tough time. It's a tough time for truth overall, right? But uh, it's it's really tough to parse what's going on, and I think on every le- level, our elected officials just don't tell us the truth and don't. Treat us like adults who can make informed decisions about risk. Um, so, yeah, I think that's an ongoing issue.
2: So, so let's go. Let's get a little bit. Let's get a little bit local here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here in here, here in New York, uh, they sent out a survey. You know, asking what. Um, you know, asking what par- what parents want. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you How did you re- How did you respond um, to the? I-
3: I responded as much in person school as possible, and every time there was a space for comments, I would write, you know, full time schools must open. Like, that's it. Um, This is an essential service. Uh, You know, all the like, and again, I don't want to make it a teacher versus parent. I actually, a lot of parents had a really terrible experience with distance learning in the spring. We had an amazing experience. Our teachers were incredible. Uh, My middle son's teacher came to our house in June to say goodbye to him, you know, from a distance with masks on, but she came to every student's house to say goodbye and I'm sorry this year turned out the way it did and have a great summer. And they had live education every day, live instruction, but that was not the norm. Um, In Chicago, for example, 45% of the teachers didn't even log on, um, logged on under three times a week into the system. Um, There was no accountability. And so again, I don't want to make it a teacher versus parent thing because I, I really think it's, especially in New York, it's the administration that I think is is so much at fault here. In May, Bill de Blasio was asked about schools and he said, it's May. And I knew right then that schools were not opening on time because every parent knows May is like right around the corner from September. Like in May, you're making your September plans. It's not like, oh, I have so much time. We don't have so much time. And I I, I really do blame everybody down the chain um, for not taking schools seriously enough.
2: Well, I mean, I think um, I mean, you know we could do a whole other segment about uh, about the the errors from you know, from uh, from the governor to the mayor and right.
3: And, and it's so- it's really, I, I honestly, I you know, I've written a lot about the errors from the governor and the mayor. Um, a lot of people have written about the errors of the president. Um, look everybody made mistakes. If this is not a mistake, his shrugging his shoulders and saying it's May is not a mistake, that's incompetency. That's straight incompetency. That's not understanding that in a city like New York City, after being mayor for all these years, he does not understand that things don't happen overnight. And it's mid-August, as we said at the beginning, it's almost late August. And I have no idea when school is starting or if school is starting. And I have a very lucky situation. I have family in the area, I work from home, what about all the parents that don't? What about all the parents who have to go back to work? Um, you know, it's so bad that they don't understand that parents can't live like this. We have to plan ahead, and the fact that we didn't, the fact that they spent all this time doing I don't know what, um, is damning. It's it's incompetency at the highest level.
2: Um, and and I think uh, w- one of the um, one of the big problems that has to be has to be recognized is that. Even if, even if Governor Cuomo or Mayor de Blasio do, don't want to own up to the mistakes they made back in the spring, those errors are almost influencing what they're doing right now. They were, they were late to close the schools in the, right. in the spring, and now they're like freaking out that they're gonna open up too early and that we're gonna be back to where we were before. Which means, And we ended up with, um, uh, what's the word, um, a paralysis by analysis, you know, I mean, you know. We-
3: exactly. Um, and also the, you know, I, I touched on this in the beginning, but I care deeply about educational inequality. I, you know, grew up poor in Brooklyn, and I saw that the schools in my neighborhood were awful, and the schools in rich neighborhoods were good, and that was just all getting exacerbated by this crisis. Um, to take it a, a point even deeper, private schools, uh, even if they're not opening, private school parents right now know what is happening in two weeks, and that is such a big plus for them. I, I have friends who, whose kids are in private school, and they're going fully remote, and I oppose that, but hey, at least they know what to expect. We have no idea. And my kids going to school two days a week, three days a week, no days a week? No idea.
2: Um. One of the um, you know one of the more uh, progressive voices in city government is um, is Jumaane Williams the uh, is the the public advocate and for all of our uh, electoral dysfunction fans out there I cannot really explain to you how public advocate works in New York uh, just, just, take, just take my just take my word for it it's a, uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a citywide it's a citywide office uh, where the person becomes a uh, mayor if the if if the mayor <laughs> is, is incapacitated. Uh, he, he, wrote, he wrote something in, in my paper, the Daily News, the other day, which other people have, t- have talked about, and, 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 that, and that's that um, uh, because, and, it, and this touches upon something you said earlier, we know that uh, younger kids are the uh, are least likely to get infected, least likely to be uh, serious, uh, serious spreaders. So uh, how about we, 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 we maximize in-person instruction, for elementary school kids, say up to age ten, and the the older, you know, the older ones, we uh, we the older ones, we go to more of an online or a blended or a blended learning, and then those 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 extra space those extra seats those extra class space the, the, that you can there take advantage of the social distancing and and put the younger kids in there. Does that is, is that a, is, do you think that's an interesting uh, interesting balance?
3: I have a 10-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a, a four-year-old. Um, my priority is absolutely my four-year-old. If my four-year-old goes to distance learning for kindergarten, I will be my four-year-old's administrative assistant, signing him up for Zooms, sitting next to him while he does his work, uh, you know, keeping him focused. He's four. I, I You know, I, I, don't, I don't think that there's any question that four-year-olds should be in school. The additional thing to me is that... Um, New York City is planning to open all these childcare centers to help with the distance learning on the days that they're not in school. They sound a lot like school. Um kids are all together, there's a grown-up, they're helping them learn. Just open schools. Like we don't need to reinvent the wheel here. Like open schools full time, don't deal with these childcare centers. Um don't, you know, invent some new system. Uh have the kids up to a certain age, go to school full-time and follow other countries. They're all doing this. We're not alone in the world with COVID and opening schools. Countries all over the world are doing it. And the thing is the other, sorry, I'll just,
1: I don't know if you want to get into
3: this yet, but um, you know, one of the other things is when I talk to my friends in other countries, uh, in Scotland and Sweden and France, I asked them, so how are you guys doing it? Um, are you having plexiglass? Is it distance, you know, uh, uh, social distancing? Um, are the kids wearing masks? They're like, are you crazy, the kids wearing masks? No, why would the kids wear masks? But here it's like, we can't do it with all of that. We are incapable of finding a way to get our kids back into the classroom because we're so obsessed with the the how it's gonna work and the just kind of the show of security, the things that will never make any sense, the plexiglass that goes up to here as if the virus can't like hop right over that. (laughs) Um, We are just, it's all security theater. The Taking the temperature on the way into school. Plenty of people are COVID positive without fever. You could take Tylenol and not have a fever. And yet we're fully invested in how it will look. Um, And that's just not happening. In a lot of other countries around the world. Social distancing with kids, how is that gonna work? It's never gonna work.
2: And of course, yeah, the and the young the younger the kid, the, 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 the right.
3: more. Like, the- let's try to like not have them lick each other. Like that's where we should go. That's that that's the bar we should be hoping to clear. Do not lick your friend.
2: Uh well, I so do you have, uh, do you have any, um, do you have any hope for the, uh, hope for the near future? In, no, in... Robert, we have no hope. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: no I, I think the fall is going to be a disaster on every level. Um, I think we remain just unsure of what a virus is going to do. A virus is going to continue to infect people until it doesn't infect people anymore. Um, I think we've, just completely gone off the rails with information. And um, no, I have no hope, no hope at all. I don't think schools are opening. That's my, I, you know, I hope to be wrong. I love being wrong about things like that. Uh, I think that the teachers will either strike or the administration will cave. That seems very plausible to me that de Blasio will cave to the teachers unions. Um, and I don't see school's opening.
2: Well actually that, that is a great point. Um before we finish up here, um as 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 bad as uh as bad as Bill de Blasio has, has done this, um, you know, from our you know, from, from our perspective, um, he, he he did seem like uh he he wants to try and open up to, yeah. to a certain, yeah. certain degree. And now he's and now he's getting hit. He's getting hit hard um mm-hmm. by as you said, by the by the teachers union, which is, which is one of them, which, and it, you know, we say teachers unions, there's teachers unions, and then there's the New York teachers union, the right. United Federation of Teachers, which is, uh, obviously, it's uh, the largest in the country, and yeah. the most powerful in the country. And they, they, they kind of put up a big kind of stop sign um, yesterday at Lull. Yeah
3: well they've been yeah um yeah it it has been surprising to see that bill de blasio hasn't folded yet um but that doesn't mean he won't fold um i i think the pressure is on um as so in district 15 where we live in brooklyn um, our schools did this whole presentation of how back to school will work your kids will be in this cohort or that cohort they'll have this many days or this many days and then this is how it'll all work and it was very um promising. I, I was like, okay, maybe we are doing this part-time thing, fine. Um, and then two days later, all the principals signed a letter saying schools should be delayed. So I, it's just such a giant bag of mixed messages. And I have no faith that Bill de Blasio stays strong, but there's a first time for everything, right? Um, so maybe he'll end up on the right side of this. I I don't know. Uh,
2: and on that, uh, Mildly optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, no. um Carol. Um, yeah. Marcus, thank you so much. This is this, is, this, is, this has been great, and uh, hopefully, you know, your last uh, your, your last few days of uh, summer um, vacation um, will be uh, will be good, and uh, you know, come uh, and uh, I know the, 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 the fall is going to be busy between school and holidays and things like that. Um but obviously we hope uh, you know you'll be you'll be back on the you'll be I'm back yeah. you know, uh, with uh with I'm you. happy to
3: talk to you any with,
2: with your opinions because Carol Markowitz, she's got opinions.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Robert and Carol. And lest we let all the Republicans have all the fun. Uh you may have heard last week Steve Bannon. Uh, noted orc who served in the Trump administration was arrested. And uh, we had a little conversation about it that we had to cut for time from last week's show. We're going to present it in its entirety here. So you're about to hear James Heskey, Kate Moran, Robert George, and myself talk about Steve Bannon. Enjoy it, and we'll see you this Sunday for this week's episode. Uh, given we were talking about the justice system, I do want to talk about a rough week that uh, Steve Bannon, who we used to pay money to work in the White House, uh was arrested and I gave week. money to <laughs> was arrested this week uh, in his yacht off the coast of Connecticut by the post by the post office uh for defrauding uh people through a GoFundMe to build the wall, which every part of that sounds like like a short form improv show where like you have to write something on a slip and everyone picks it up wasn't them. his yacht. It, was <laughs> it wasn't
4: his Chinese yacht. it was a Chinese billionaire's <laughs> yacht. <laughs> Which is kind of
2: funny because because yep. Steve, B- Steve Bannon's, um, I mean, Steve Bannon is like is juggling like three or four different uh, hustles. And we've only found the first one that's that's illegal. I'm sure the other ones are illegal as well because his whole idea is he's supposed to be like, he wants to start a new Cold War between the US and China, but he's basically in the pocket of a, of a Chinese billionaire who, by the way, has these u- unusual ties to Chinese intelligence
4: so I mean what the hell but my buddy just sent me a thing that this Chinese billionaire is like a guy who's not who's like also kind of on the run from the Chinese state so he's this is like the this is I mean, this is basically an episode of NCIS, is what is happening. But if NCIS was the Postal Service version of NCIS, which is yeah. even better.
0: It'd be a two-parter, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to figure out what the name of the NCIS Postal Service show would be. I don't know what it is, but I know that the tagline would be neither rain nor sleep nor death. Like, that much. <laughs> I'm...
2: Nice. I, I'm thinking it's NCIPS, as a matter of fact. All right, it's... I'll take it. <laughs>
0: Look, as long as Mark Harmon gets a job, I'm on board. <laughs> Once Harry Anderson died, he was my favorite actor.
2: <laughs> oh my no god. Harm, <laughs> no harm no So oh, there you go. It's, it's, it's all good. And whenever uh, they get
4: whenever they get their bad guy, they're just like put a stamp on it.
2: <laughs> so two, two, two.
4: <laughs> pass due. <laughs> <laughs> Sunglasses. Return <out>. to Sender.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, sem- very nice. two, two, all right, two, go semi- Robert. Who's semi-serious? two semi-serious points um, uh, semi again bring
4: us uh, back i'll take yeah. a nap let me know when you're back all Here right all right well i'll allow hey, it
2: hey, do you really want me to be more than semi i, I you <laughs> probably do You you don't want it at this point uh, oh,
0: no. <laughs> i'm going to talk with electoral oh, wow. dysfunction's human resources
4: person yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow i just yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, just is weird, cause which is weird because it's which is weird because that's me yeah i know
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a Hesky line.
4: That's not a Robert George line. James, I mean, I'm bringing
0: you back as as the HR manager for a life old <laughs> function in a future episode. Go ahead, Robert.
2: I blame the I blame, <laughs> I blame the DNC. That's what's going on. Uh, <laughs> so what's actually there That's What they're there there for? <laughs> this is this was. Uh, uh, and I think um uh, when uh, I think uh, when Tom, when Tom was introing this, uh, he may have mentioned this came out from from the Southern District of New York. Uh, the U.S. the where the acting U.S. attorney is a woman by the name of uh, Andrea Strauss, and she is like a lifelong uh, career uh, career deputy in that office, so she's not a political appointee. And the reason why she is still there is that the uh, appointed U.S. attorney by a, a guy by the name of of Jeffrey Berman was fired. By uh, by Bill Barr about uh, six weeks, uh, six weeks, two months, two, two months ago. And you may remember that uh, he initially said, "You yeah. can't, you you can't fire me because I was actually appointed by this uh, by this small yeah. court over here." And then yeah. Trump says, "Okay,
4: you are fired." Uh, and he posted a tweet where he was like, "I'm not fired." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they were like, and "All right, you voluntarily voluntarily resign." <laughs> well, what's like, what I did not.
2: What's interesting about that whole
4: issue is
2: that uh, uh, by by Berman say, uh, holding out for like an extra day and saying that he wasn't gonna he was not gonna leave, um, Barr ended up getting boxed in and was not able to insert his replacement there. So there is a number there, there's a number of people are, are wondering. Uh, Barr has managed to force out. Um, Th- the Three U.S. attorneys: one in Washington D.C., um, one in Manhattan, uh, at, at, yeah, one in Manhattan, and one in and one in one in, one in Brooklyn, and and has replaced them all, And all three of these uh, offices uh, had at least one case that impacted um, one Donald John John Trump either in, in his uh, pre-presidential years or his current, uh, in, in, his, in his current role. So there's a lot of supposition that uh, the Attorney General was doing this to uh, get uh, stronger control on some of the cases that are before them. And this one involving Steve Bannon may or may not have been one of them. And the fact that the SDNY brought this case and oh by the way they brought it w- with the US u- with the US Postal Service the FBI was not involved at all which is also unusual uh, so lots of so stay tuned here folks yeah. this 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 one
0: that was all nothing I put a binding spell on uh, Bannon three and a half years ago so you're welcome that was actually me yeah. I, was, I couldn't believe you did a spell and like in that room was like a letter you hadn't open that had its postage mm-hmm. and you had a little boat like uh, model up over here. You knew you yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like was it'll eating come Chinese together. food. Yeah, it'll yeah. all come together.
4: So it, it was all me. It was right, so weird. When when I first saw the news, I was like, I didn't know you could arrest somebody for just being a gross piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> I like, wish. Turns yeah, out you can. it was like I, it was like um, I'm in trouble.
0: What I love is, <laughs> what I love is that there's <laughs> like there's at least one person out there who donated to that GoFundMe who's like who wrote the post office and the southern
4: district. It was like, am I gonna get my money back?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so and more when like they, when, when they
4: get when they get that letter in seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, more like go fuck me. Am I right? <laughs> nice. yeah. All right, I'll allow it. GoFund uh, yourself.
0: They all get sent a brick that would have gone in the wall for their
2: money. (laughs) But it is sent by UPS. That's why you're supposed to press the button and Pink Floyd starts um, starts yeah. in the background there, Tom.
0: Oh, my uh, God. I don't have to write
4: <laughs> to that. Are you kidding me? I want uh, Yeah, I want to leave this show again.
2: I can't, I can't
0: afford represent. that lawsuit.
4: We have, we have to be out of time.
0: That's it for this week's show. Thank you very much to Robert George, Carol Markowitz, James Esky, Kate Moran, uh, to Ned Thorne for helping me put these together every week, to Joanne Harris for our show theme song, for Kevin Scott for the show animation, uh, for Declan Shallby and Jordi Belair for our show Electro Dysfunction Eagle, and thank you to Andrew Kimler, uh, for stopping by as Governor Andrew Cuomo at the beginning of our show. Uh, That is it for this week. Uh, I'm gonna paddle back to shore because uh, it's windy out here. So have a good week. See you on Sunday.